Hey there, and welcome to the Global Girl Community's official podcast. The GGC believes that every content creator and influencer out there has the ability to inspire, empower, and explore. We're here to start conversations with like-minded professionals, fellow community members, and girls just like you to make a change and encourage us all towards success. So get comfy, get ready, and let's begin. Welcome to the GDC podcast. We have our guest speaker here today, Marinella Yule. She is the creator and writer of myopenpassport.net travel blog. She has traveled throughout North America by car, plane, and bicycle and to over 40 countries. She is currently working on improving her third language, French and sometimes writes blogs in Spanish as well. You can learn more about her work through her website, marinellayule.com. Welcome, Marinella. Thank you. Oh, my God, it's so exciting to have you here today. Thank you for having me. How many languages do you speak, girl? Uh, Just three. (laughs) Just three, and those are? English, Spanish, and French. That's amazing. Where did you learn them? Well, English, luckily, I was born with, but um, (laughs) Spanish, uh, I had some classes and spent some time in Spain, um, as well as like through high school. And then I studied abroad in Argentina for six months. So I really credit Argentina for my fluency in Spanish. Um, (laughs) But I did have an ex-boyfriend from Spain. So uh, my Spanish, I can't say is Argentine completely. It's a mixture of Argentine and Spain Spanish. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy because, like, I have friends who are from Argentina um, and then obviously I'm living in Valencia, Spain at the moment, so I do definitely hear the difference in uh, the dialect of the Spanish. Yeah. And, yeah, like, just the different pronunciations, hey, it's quite different. Yeah, Argentine, it's more, like, Italian-sounding. Yeah. So. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you're based, um, and what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, so I'm originally from California. So growing up, I was surrounded by Mexican Spanish, going back to the Spanish, so um, yeah. also different. Uh, but then I went to university in Boston, um, which is slightly different English as well. I had to learn some new vocabulary. That was an interesting cultural experience, even if it's in the same country. Oh, um, wow. And then now I am based after several years in Montreal, Canada, um, where I'm learning French, which um, has been pretty cool because Quebecois French, uh, but my boyfriend is from France and I have a lot of friends from France. So I still get that uh, mixture of like French, French and Quebecois French, which I think as a learner is pretty cool to like pick up the different slang and um, accents. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And um, it sounds like you've definitely, you know, got got the idea of, you know, like living in the country, experiencing the culture, learning the language, um, and thereon, you know, you learn a quite, you you learn quite good when you when you're able to travel there and um, and you know, speak the language every now and then. Hey. Yeah. No. For sure. There's there's three there's three ways. One, living in that country and and making sure you you are speaking it every day. Two, yeah. taking classes. And three, dating someone of that language. And so, yeah, I've kind of checked box all of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Make, it makes it a lot easier to become fluent, hey? 
This is true. But um, <laughs> I also teach English. And so yesterday I had a, an English class and I was telling them about like these three ways. And I told them about my ex in Spain and now my French boyfriend. And they're like, oh, so we just every time we move countries, we have to get a new, a new partner. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Now I sound like a, like, I don't know, a promiscuous person, but a language por- person, I don't know. But. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is um, I used to live in Bilbao, Spain. It's north of uh, Spain. It's in the Basque country. Yeah. And um, a lot of my friends, uh, you know, experts from England, uh, I would ask them, I'd say, yeah, you know, like, how did you learn Spanish? Um, you know, how long did it take you? And then they'd honestly just straight out say to me, yeah, just get a Spanish boyfriend. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, really, <laughs> like, get a Spanish boyfriend for two years and you don't need any classes. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, maybe take a few classes here and there, but, you know, a Spanish boyfriend, work, and then, you know, basically there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing about that because – I learned um, I learned German and I'm quite fluent in German. Uh, my partner's German and I took some German classes and I also worked in Germany. So you're not wrong there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your journey been like? Like, What's the struggles and successes of learning languages, et cetera? Um, well, so in Argentina, you know, it's a study abroad thing. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get some easy classes and enjoy Argentina, you know, the good wine, the good meat if you're a meat eater and uh, good sweets. But yeah. I still well, managed yes. to find the hardest classes at the university I was at. Um, yes. It was literally like a 5% pass rate. And I was the only non-Argentine person. So yeah. there was many a day I cried <laughs> over wine and chocolate with my host mom. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with that teacher because, yes, he, like, put me through hell for several months, but at the same time, he really pushed me with my Spanish. Yeah. Um, And I was one of the few to pass, so I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. I think he he kind of gave it to me a little bit as being the foreigner, but um, so that was a major struggle, but also, like, I really value that experience in my language learning. And then for French, it's such a different experience because with Spanish I like didn't know any language before except my native one and French I have learned a second language so learning a third language is a bit easier but because they're both romance languages I'm like confusing them sometimes I'm speaking and then all of a sudden my boyfriend's like yeah you're speaking Spanish to me and I don't even realize it wow So, so now it's like learning how to like before in Spanish it was okay, I need to learn not to translate in my head, just like absorb the Spanish and come out in Spanish. But now it's learning how to separate the two languages when I'm speaking. Girl, I'm on the same, honestly, I'm on the same same track as you at the moment. Um, When I learned uh, German, it was the same thing. I basically went in just like how you said, you know, just absorb it and then just come out with it. And that worked very, very well with me. Mind you, I have to say like, it, um, because after I had learned German, I went back to Australia to work for a year. Um, and I was working in like a job where you've got to speak, you know, predominantly speak every single day um, in, in English and, you know, tactics and everything. So I actually lost quite a bit of my German. Yeah. And I kind of thought it was due to, you know, like absorbing it, but not like, you know, having certain like things in place to like make you remember 
you know, the certain structures of everything. But I got mm -hmm. it back in the end, um, just after a few bit more practice of, you know, speaking German. Um, but then, you know, like you've got to, when you learn a third language, that's, that is when it gets tricky. Hey, like I thought it was going to be easy and that I would like, I mean, it was, it's fairly a bit easier than just starting out to learn the second language, but yeah, you've got to then like translate everything and kind of like, remember that when you're in, you know, stressful situations, you can't just go back to your second language. You've got that third language that you yeah. have to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's crazy. Well, it's funny. We had, uh, in one of my French classes, we were practicing a lot, like, 911 calls in emergency situations. And I was like, okay, this is great practice, but let's be honest, in emergency situation, English is going to come out, like, yeah. if something if my, I cut off my arm, like, I'm not going to be struggling with my words in French, like, but. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah, you go, you go for situations like that, and you kind of think, like, I mean, it I think it depends which country you go to, hey, because, like, sometimes, I mean, would they know, like, you know, your mother language to speak? Like, I know that when you, when something's an emergency, it is quite hard to, um, oh, I know how difficult it is to speak in that second language you're learning. So, <laughs> yeah. And how did you get to where you are today with languages and, um, you know, your journey and everything? Did you start out traveling? Yeah. So I was very fortunate to have traveling parents. My mother is originally from the Philippines. So, um, and then my father was in the U S Navy. So just, just traveling is like pretty much in my DNA. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it was really my dad that encouraged me to learn Spanish because he felt like it was, and I agree, it's a very important language because um, I think it's the second most spoken language or the third. Chinese is the first, but yeah, um, the top three for sure. And uh, and being in Southern California, he just found it was very important to have. Uh, and also encouraging me to travel. Um, my I, my family kind of has a history of taking these gap years. So between mm -hmm. high school and university, I took a year off, which I know in Australia and New Zealand, it's more common. But in North America, it was such a scandal. I had family members telling me that I would never go back to college and basically like not amount to anything if I take this what? year off. What? You're joking. Yeah. No, my mother actually blackmailed me. Like, literally blackmailed me it was it was crazy oh which was kind of strange because I was like mom but you like picked up and left from the Philippines when you were like 22 moved to the states with like nothing like I'm yeah. just trying to follow in your footsteps a little bit but <laughs> I know she was like yo you have to go to university and um anyways I went back to university and all was fine but um but my dad was like you need like, if you don't go now, you never know when you're going to, like, who knows after university, maybe you have time to travel again, which I ended up doing. But, you know, maybe I found a really nice career path. I wanted to go and jump straight into that. So, uh, yeah, it was just my dad basically saying, like, just do it. Like, why not um, take every opportunity you get? So I'm really fortunate to have my dad. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think, like, you know, obviously parents care, you know, like, they want the best for us. Um, and I, I think, like, they do it with all good intentions. Hey, you know, like, they want us to, you know, have the best of everything and get ahead in life because life can be scary, you know. Sure. Um, sure. If, if you, like, if you don't have anything sorted out for yourself, um, if you don't have, you know, support and everything, it can be quite hard. So, 
Yeah, I see. I, I see that. I see that point as well. But definitely, like your dad's, you know, got a great point. You know, do what do what's good for you. You know, um, if you enjoy that, if that's what you want to do, take that take that gap year. You know, like I in my family. Um, I mean, my mum and that, they they love that I'm traveling. My family loves that I'm traveling and everything, but they are kind of, um, they do kind of say, oh, you know, like, when's it ending? What are you going to do? You know, like, do you have a job and everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just a typical kind of questions. And um, I th- think they've kind of gotten it now that they need to just leave me alone and I'm figuring it out for myself. So, <laughs> you know, they've had their chance in life. I'm going to have mine now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what are your future plans, lovely, for your, your languages or for your travel adventures, your blog? Um, yeah, so still looking forward to living in different places. Um, originally, the plan was after Montreal for a year or two to go off to Chile um, for a year with a working holiday visa. And then who knows from there. Um, but again, as you know, life happens and so now with my boyfriend we're waiting for him to get his citizenship for Canada which is only like one more year Um, and he's like well like I want to keep going too but he really wants to learn Italian so it's like well maybe we can go to Italy um, that which I'm all on board however right now he does have it in his mind to live in the northern territories of Canada which I was like no one lives there why (laughs) no um but in fact for languages I mean I would love to learn Italian but actually the next language I would actually want to learn is German so I would have to hit you up for that yes are you thinking of coming to Germany (laughs) well I mean going with what I said right yeah moving to the country that speaks it so (laughs) yeah go to Germany well you've got a partner so (laughs) yeah um honestly that would be so cool like I a lot of people say German is difficult yeah I mean there is that concept out there that people always say like German's so so difficult but to be honest I think you won't have a problem I think like there is this kind of stigma like it's it's you know it is very difficult but it's not as difficult if you put your mind to it if you just you know absorb it as much as you know possible and you integrate quite well, you definitely be able to learn it. I learned it within six months, you know, and that's considered very, very fast. Um, But I just didn't let people tell me that it was so difficult. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's just like when I was touring around Germany, I could read some of it. And some of my German friends, they'll be speaking in German with each other. And all of a sudden I'll answer the question. And they're like, how did you know what the question was? I was like, because you you said it in English and they're like no we said it in German and so I think there's a lot of similarities between German and English and so yeah I don't think it'd be that hard to pick up I don't think yeah 100% no it is like when I went to Germany too um I didn't learn I didn't have any classes beforehand but I was also the same you can kind of just I don't know because German is a very like literal language you know like for Mm -hmm. um for like gloves they call them hand shoes you know (laughs) You know, everything's, like, really literal, so you can, you know, even if you don't know the, the word, you can, you know, they, they generally put two and two to get, like, one and one together right. to make 
you know this the basic and you just know from like knowing that simple thing so like for a hand uh, for gloves it's like hand shua so shua is shoes and hand is hand you know hand, so yeah. hand shoes what are they gloves <laughs> you kind of just like put it together it's, it's very very like straightforward you know and i i really clicked onto that so fast so i think like yeah you'll do great you'll do great be amazing and when do you think of learning um, when you'll be learning German? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, first conquering French. Um, I'm pretty conversational in French right now, but I would like to get it to that point where I could potentially work in French. I mean, I, I can do it in Spanish. So um, just uh, while I'm here in Montreal to really like focus my efforts to improving my French to a fluent level, it's just more now also balancing the Quebecois French and the French French. Um, ah, yeah. So some of the words and slang, which my boyfriend, he's lived here for five years now. So he is very good at teaching me like, okay, this is what we say in France, but this is what they say here in Quebec. Mm. Um, but sometimes I, I will say the French word and Quebecois look at me and they're like, why are you trying to be all fancy? Because they know I'm not native. So they're like, why are you yeah. trying to be all fancy with your French words? And then Ooh. sometimes I pronounce words in Quebecois yeah. And like French speakers will be like making fun of me because they think the Quebecois accent sounds weird. So um, it's just more balancing that. I've never received that really in Spanish. I mean, a little bit with like Argentine Spanish, but it's more not necessarily the accent, but more because Argentines, they tend to walk into the room and think they own it versus like Peruvians really? don't really do that or Colombians don't really do that. So it's more like, I don't know, I feel like they make fun of Argentines because of their bravado rather than the like accent oh wow wow yeah I would love to learn more about that because I think like when you when you start to speak languages you learn a lot about the culture um, yes. it tells you a lot about the history the people and yeah it, it gives you a lot more of an insight so I think learning languages is one of the key parts to learning a culture you know True. and actually I kind of have a question for you in uh -huh. the sense that my um my understanding, my experience, observations, whatever, is in a relationship, exactly like you know the culture and stuff. And I feel like it's very helpful when both partners speak the other person's native language. So you, your partner is German and you speak German. So that must be very helpful. Like I find um, with me and my boyfriend, I'm learning French and he speaks English and Spanish fluently. I speak Spanish fluently. So we're able to communicate so effectively and efficiently and I was just wondering your own experiences with that actually you know that you like now that you say that that is I've never actually thought about it like never actually thought about it but um to be able to communicate with my partner and understand you know the language and be fluent in it yeah that I think that's a hundred percent bore point on on the spot I think like because you tend to when you get to know the language and when you get to speak with your partner and you're both fluent in the languages, like I just said, you know, like languages is a key part to a culture. You then start to understand how they communicate, mm -hmm. the words that they use, how they kind of go around things, sentences. Yeah, that is so true. Wow, I've never... <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens when you date people from other languages like me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That is a mate. Wow, that is mind blowing. Yes, a hundred percent. Because like you, you then got to understand. You know, like you have to take that time to understand because your partner's from a, a new culture. You know, or a different culture. Sorry, yeah. 
and you've got to think like, oh, okay, maybe he's looking at it this way. And then you obviously start to learn more things about your partner and how he grew up, yeah. and what his culture was like growing up. And that obviously, you know, speaks from his perspectives and the way that he communicates with you. So, yes. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, you just completely blow my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it also helps I've uh, analyzed my parents. I mean, they've been divorced since I was one, but just like imagining them together, my mother being from the Philippines and my father very English from Indiana, well, Canada, Indiana. So um, I don't know. A part of me thinks that maybe the marriage might have worked out a bit more if my dad spoke Tagalog. Um, but, but those are things you'll never know, but just, you know, yeah. thoughts I think about sometimes. Yeah, that is poor. Uh, that, that's amazing. I love that. What has been your greatest achievement to date? Oh, um, it's hard to say the greatest. Uh, I, but I guess if I had to choose one besides learning languages, um, would be bicycling, uh, across the United States. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How long did that take you? Uh, it took me 89 days, and it was about um, around 4,000 miles. So uh, how I am terrible at converting it to kilometers, but <laughs> <laughs> six to 8,000 kilometers or 7,000 kilometers. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, that but yes. Yeah. A lot. Wow. And how many days, like... 89 so almost three months exactly wow so you obviously you know like stayed in um lodges would that have been you know hostels or accommodations or a mixture of everything in the south um because we started in virginia so in the south it was so hot and humid um there was one time my dad we were we were tent camping I, i went with my dad and he freaked out and he was like you know what I can afford a motel I don't need I need air conditioning I can't take this anymore I was like (laughs) all right dad like if you're paying for it that's fine yeah um, but then as we kept going it was camping and this trail uh trans-american trail is very popular and well known in like the cycling community and so a lot of churches on this trail have opened their doors to cyclists uh, for free that you can like just sleep in their um, like reception room or something and sometimes they have showers which is awesome mm. uh, so or people have opened their backyards to tent uh, to yeah. and stuff so yeah a mixture of like tent camping and like actual campgrounds or hospitality of uh, the people or yeah motels and hotels yeah that's amazing and do you like carry a lot of baggage with obviously not but like what kind of baggage and stuff do you carry with you on your bicycle? Uh, yeah, just the typical like those pannier bags you see that you attach to the rack. Um, nothing like too much. Um, just a couple changes of bike shorts and shirts and maybe one lounging set of clothes for like sleeping and in the campground. But other than yeah. that, it's pretty much it. Like. I wore the same three, four shirts the whole time. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's me when I travel anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we the same stuff every day. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's. I, w- I would love to do, like, a bicycle um, 
you know, tour or anything like that. I've been looking into doing like marathons. I mean, I've never done one in my entire life. I'm one of the laziest persons you probably come across. <laughs> um, but I would love to, you know, like end of last year, I've been looking to get up with my fitness. And um, so I am looking to get more into, you know, like just discovering new things. I, I think it's amazing that you've biked, you know, across the States and oh, that's just, yeah, that, that's a really great achievement. My head's off to you, 100%. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it just makes it, like, because I did another one with my father two years later um, from top of Alaska down to Washington State. But wow. what I like the first one, or I find the first one more of an accomplishment because I actually hated bicycling beforehand, and I only got my bike, like, a month before that trip and, like, yeah. didn't train for it at all. So that's why I, like, picked this particular one as, like, my biggest achievement because I went from zero <laughs> yeah oh wow that's amazing hey you know like maybe that that that's a key to it hey eh? you know just just start like literally just start you know you don't need to train up or anything or do you think it would have made your journey a lot more difficult or you know probably would have made it easier but what would you say from your first one to your second one uh well Physically, I knew what to expect from the first one to the second one, but the second one was definitely more mentally challenging. In Alaska, there's not um, like much civilization. There was a lot of days we wild camped with, um, we didn't see anybody except ourselves. Um, so versus across America, like every day we hit a town or two. Um, so we yeah. saw people. Um, so mentally, it was a bit harder, uh, the Alaska trip. Oh, wow. Must be beautiful there, though, hey? Yes, but it also, after, like, a month and a half of seeing, not the same scenery, but mountains, snow, some type of lake, it kind of got, I kind of got numb to it, which I felt very unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're going only, like, I don't know, 10 miles an hour or something, and you see the same mountain the whole day. Yeah, that's so. true. Oh, must have been a lovely journey, though. Both of those, both of those achievements, they sound amazing. Uh, five tips you could share with our community for someone who would like to follow in your footsteps. Ooh, um, five tips. <laughs> uh, basically, I, it's easier said than done, but don't be afraid. Like, ask that stranger next to you on the bus stop questions yeah. or... Um, like, if you really want to go to Italy or wherever, just do it. Don't really wait for anyone. Um, so, yeah, just don't be afraid. It is scary. Like, there's plenty of times I've been like, oh, crap. Like, what have I got myself into? But at the end result, uh, it's awesome. Uh, second, um, in terms of budgeting, um, try it helps I always uh would pack a lunch you know in the hot like stay in hostels and would make a sandwich and take it to go and then don't eat out as much which was really hard in Italy uh <laughs> such good food but um but would make food in the hostel instead or try not to eat gelato all the time or have that cup of coffee uh, just to save a little more yeah um, um, but that I don't know like three more I, those two are like the big ones for sure it's just keep an open mind and um, don't be afraid because uh, at the end especially with people at the end of the day we all want a personal connection so even if like you're in Serbia and like you're I'm American and this is a Serbian but like 
we want the same thing. We all want to be respected. We all want to be heard. Uh, so just asking questions about that person, like, oh, hey, I, I like your shirt. Um, where'd you get it? Or, oh, like, that looks really good. Like, what type of food is that? And people yeah. are open to talking. So, it, yeah, just don't be afraid, I guess, is the biggest one. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I think, like, you, you tend to be, especially when you go to a new country, sometimes you are, you know, a little bit scared, and a little bit shy, but, you know, people are not monsters everywhere. You know, everyone, everyone's generally nice. If you respect, you know, other people, they'll, they'll for sure respect you, you know. And if yeah. they don't, just walk away. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see them again. So yeah. it's like, all right. Exactly, exactly. Easy and simple as that. No, I 100% agree with you. Uh, especially with the, also the budgeting, you know, staying in hostels as well. Um, it's so important to, you know, pack your lunch, especially if you're traveling, you don't know what's going to happen. You could end up wanting to go to, I don't know, on a gelato tour and it could be much more money than you expected, you know. So it's yeah. good to stay within reach and, you know, keep an eye on your budget when you're traveling. That's so important. Uh, what will be, what will we be seeing more, more from you in the future in terms of projects like lifestyle changes, travel? Um, well, so a couple months ago, I just started my own marketing company. Um, so that like freelancing, so that definitely enables me to keep traveling and working um, without like being stuck in an office or anything or having set vacation time. So that, yeah. that enables me to do so much. Um, but as of like the next couple of years, it would just be uh, short term travel, nothing too uh, big. So maybe like going to France for Christmas, um, back to California for a wedding, weekend trip skiing or hiking or whatever. Um, my dad is planning on continuing biking down south um, yeah. starting in Mexico uh, this summer. So by the time he reaches Chile, I would like to pick up bicycling with him again to finish from Chile to the bottom of Argentina but that is whenever he gets there so I don't know if that'll be next year or in two years or three years but that is on my list for sure amazing sounds like great trips that you have coming up though oh I can't wait to travel myself again I'm excited I go back to Germany soon so restart my travel bet my travel batteries I would say yeah <laughs> And let's get to our quick five cues, lovely. Woman you most admire? Um, so big woman I admire is my, well, she's my grandmother's first cousin, um, but a uh, generational age thing. Anyways, my cousin. I'm actually named after her, my middle name. Uh, but she traveled for like, with her husband for like 20 years straight. Um, she was a marketing freelancer. And now she owns a, a purse company um and travels for her purse company still um so it's just like she is totally amazing the traveling all she's done and having her own business multiple businesses at this point so I really look up to her that's amazing and your favorite self-health book yeah I saw this question of yours and I I, I can't really think of a self-help book um I know my dad quotes to me a lot. I actually haven't really read it, but the Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, book yeah. series. But I've, I mean, he loves them and he, I grew up with him quoting it. So, so yeah. I feel like I've read it, even though I haven't read it. <laughs> um, 
so I guess I guess I could pick that book yeah what are your favorite quotes from that book I mean, uh, your dad has quoted um I can't think of it word for word but it's more uh basically I don't and I I'm not 100% sure if this is his quote or like the author's quote or like a life quote but like uh don't work for money like have money work for you so the passive income um that like because if you're always working for money then you're you're working like that's the negative word but if you're getting passive income it's it's coming in no matter what you do so um just yeah looking for the the ways to get passive income yeah that's amazing i love that and your favorite travel destination um I try not repeating just because there's so many places to see and things to do. But uh, the places that I have been to the most often uh, would be Spain and Argentina. Um, I love Buenos Aires a lot. It just has that mixture of uh, European and the South American Latino vibe. so I really enjoyed it. And then Spain as well. And I think just the big common factor is the Spanish language. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those those two would be, I guess, my favorite just because I, I keep going back there. But um, yeah. I I like everywhere I've been. So That's amazing. And um, Argentina, I, I have a few friends, as I mentioned, from Argentina. They told me that, you know, Buenos Aires is um, – it's a great place and it, it definitely has that European feel to it. So now I've, I've heard that like, I think probably like the fifth time now from you as well. <laughs> yeah, I like describing it as a mixture between New York and Paris. It has that old European architecture of Paris, but it has that like new city of New York. Like it even has its own Broadway section of the, the city. So, wow. Yeah. So have you been to Valencia, Spain yet? I have not. That's one of the few places I haven't. I've I've done a lot of the south, but Valencia I have not. Gotta so, go, girl. You've gotta go. It's I know. I know that's what I'm saying. There's so many there's so many places, um, so little time and, and money. So I, I was living in Prague. Uh so I, I did do a lot of Europe at that time, but um it is harder now that I'm on a different continent, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and two women you'd love to collab with. Um, no one particular, like, identity, just more the general aspect, just women who, one woman who travels, um, like me, who has lived that nomad lifestyle, um, digital nomad, or just has, I don't know, has a trust fund or something and has just traveled her whole life. Uh, and then another woman would be, uh, one of those career driven women, like, high power CEO, New Yorker type thing. Um, It would be cool to talk to those two different types of women and get their perspectives on life and their life story. Yeah, 100%. Well, I'm definitely number one. (laughs) 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 Just playing. But yeah, like, honestly, that that definitely, I I would love to also um, collab with some, you know, another travel lady out there who, you know, digital nomad travels the world and you've got such an interesting story and so similar, you know, like real similar yeah. learning languages and 
uh, the way that you've learned them as well. So it's really, really amazing. It's great to be able to connect with you two here. <laughs> no, same. It was, I love talking with you. <laughs> and your what's the 2020 goal you have set for yourself this year? Um, growing my marketing business. Uh, that's, yeah, the short answer. Um, since <laughs> I just started it, uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to growing. I've already learned in these couple months so much. Um, so looking forward to the next couple months. That's amazing. I uh, would we'll definitely be following along with your journey and your projects um, up to come, um, the Marinella. And it's been great to speak to you. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Um, it was amazing to hear about your journey and, you know, get to e-meet you online. And I'm hoping all for the best for you. And, yeah. Thank you. Same to you. No, thank you so much. You have a good day, lovely. Bye. Bye.